Hello, this is Matt, and I'm the host of the show. And before we get to this week's episode, I just wanted to make a quick announcement. Actually, a couple of quick announcements. A number of you guys, um, you guys being the guys that I play football with every single weekend, um, recently found out about the show. Great. Enjoy listening. That's all you get. Second of all, the show now has a newsletter. It's been out for a couple of weeks. We've been playing with it and tinkering with it. And if you are someone who listens to the show and enjoys the show, I think you might enjoy that as well. You can sign up at SouthamptonDelivery.com. In the menu, there is a, a link that says newsletter. Sign up there. You can get past episodes, everything from match reviews, uh, match previews, pre-match edits, uh, you know, stats and things like that, and a long article written by a different author each week. Um, I think you'll enjoy it. And if you don't, you can always unsubscribe um, and I won't bother you anymore. But I wanted to make that announcement because it is something that I am proud of. So uh, head over to SouthamptonDelivery.com, sign up for the newsletter. I would really appreciate it. Now, here's the show. You're listening to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans. If you want to have guarantees, you have to buy a washing machine. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast, a podcast and newsletter dedicated to the Southampton Football Club and all of the SFC fans and available right here on SouthamptonDelivery.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. But welcome to this week's show. This is episode 113. My name is Matt Markstone. I am the host of the show. And no matter where you are, no matter how you may be listening, whether this is your first time or you've been here before, thank you for making the show a part of your day. I hope that you enjoy it. And it is so nice to be able to talk after a match where we played well for at least half of it and got a result against a big team at home. Uh, I'll be honest, after the first half, I didn't think that was going to happen. I thought we were just in for a super long day. But finally, after teams make mistakes against us where they don't maybe take or capitalize on all their chances, we're able to make them pay for it. And it feels good to finally be on that end of things, despite Kevin Friend's best effort. So there were some Spurs fans online that were complaining about the spot where Stuart Armstrong was fouled versus the spot where James Ward-Prowse took that free kick that beat World Cup winning keeper Hugo Lloris uh, just the week after he beat uh, arguably the best goalkeeper in the world from uh, uh, another dead ball. So uh, take that, everyone. Anyway, you can complain all you want. For the most of the match, Spurs played with 12 men because uh, Kevin Friend was was bad for everyone, but mostly mostly punished us. And instead of, uh, should have finished the game with 10 men, but instead they finished with 11. And uh, yet we still managed to uh, to pull it out. And it feels really good. And joining me to talk about it this week is Rob Maddox. And Rob is on Instagram. He's not on Twitter, but he's on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Uh, the link is in the show notes. Rob is a photographer. He's a Saints fan living in Bath. His photos are beautiful, uh, almost as beautiful as a James Ward Prowse free kick. And uh, we talk about the match. 
We talk about uh, the selection. We talk about the first half and, and the result and what it means. Um, and generally, we felt pretty good about everything. What we don't talk about is the finances and all of those other things, just because, I don't know, sometimes those things are, are depressing. And uh, you know what? We were having a good time. We were in a good mood. We were not going to change that for anything. So I hope that you enjoy the show. Um, and if you do, uh, be sure to subscribe. So that way you get next week's show and all the other shows after that without having to worry. All right. Here's my conversation with Rob. We'll talk to you soon. We'd like to welcome to the Southampton Delivery Podcast, Rob Maddox. You can find him on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. Rob, your Saints fan living in Bath. Welcome to the show and thanks for joining me. And thankfully, we have a pretty positive result to talk about in the end. Yeah, thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me. Um, yeah, it was quite a quite a fun game today. I think definitely a game of two offs, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. And in, I guess it goes right along with what we uh, had at St. Mary's earlier this week when they did uh, uh-huh. I think the game of two halves. So hopefully, uh, <laughs> maybe that maybe that helped us uh, get on a little bit today. But um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I guess, and it was a super good result, just given that we're going to be off for for the next three weeks, and it could have seen us uh, with Cardiff's result. Of course, it could have seen us be. Uh, sitting in the relegation zone. It seems like every time we go on a break, we we were there. So I'm glad that uh, at least for this week, we don't have to do that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's always a relief going into the break, um, you know, with three points. We did it against Crystal Palace earlier on in the season. Unfortunately, it was Mark Hughes, not Ralph. But um, I think this time around, we'll be able to definitely capitalize on, on the games we've got coming up. Yeah, absolutely. And and this was, I mean, this is a big test for for us and, and especially with Spurs coming off of... Uh, you know, their, their progression in the Champions League. So I was, mm. I was a little bit worried, but um, we'll, we'll get to all that. So uh, yeah. let's talk about you real quick. Um, so you're from Bath. So I think the majority of the listeners, like half the listeners live in the UK, so they'll probably be familiar with that. But for the other half, um, yeah. what, where is that in relation to Southampton? So Bath is an hour away from Southampton on the train or about an hour and a half away uh, in the car. Uh, it's north Southampton, quite near Wales, uh, nearer to Bristol. It's in the southwest of England. It's a, it's a really touristy place. It's nice, though, full of uh, lots of old things and old people, but it's a good place to be, for sure. I want to say, is there a castle there? Does that draw people in? Oh, it's um, the Abbey. Yeah, the old okay. Bath Abbey thing. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it was one of those things that kept popping up on the, when we were traveling. It's like, oh, you might want to visit here. And I kept looking at how oh, far yeah. away it was. I was like, ah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's, a long, it's well, for England, it's a long way from London. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from... In terms of, of California distances, it's not not so bad. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, but it's all it's all right. Um, so I mean, living out there is pretty touristy. But um, is football something that uh, you came to relatively like late on, or your family involved in it at all? At all? I've been playing football since I was the age of four. Definitely been one of the biggest things in my life. I mean, I played for my local club with a few of my mates for I don't know for the last ten. 10, 15 years, and I only recently got out of the game an 11 aside um, because of my injuries. Then I'll, I'll drop back down to six aside, which I actually find a bit more fun, a bit more time on the ball, a bit more high pace. It's, it's definitely my style. Um, yeah, I, I think I was, I was lucky enough to have my dad as my coach for most of my playing time, which was really, really good for my progression for sure. Because I'm, I'm, I, I was a defender, so it was quite easy to get game time. As when you're a kid, no one wants to be a defender; they right. want to be up front. So uh, yeah, that was good. Um, I've had a very positive experience with uh, with football for sure. It's just definitely helped me. All right, all right. And what about? Um, I mean, is your dad a Saints fan as well, or because you are so close to <laughs> Bristol, is that a is is that yeah. is that team draw people in? I'm the I'm the only Southampton fan in my family, believe it or not. Apart from um, 
my oh, my late great uncle was a Southampton fan. And I didn't know that until quite quite late in my life, which is quite strange. But um, no, I, I'm the only. My um, my dad doesn't really support team. He uh, he was born in on Scotland in Scotland, so he kind of uh, draws his faithful up there. Okay. But um, no, my my actual immediate family don't really follow football as much as me. Like my mum was born in Liverpool, uh, somewhere around there, and my sister doesn't follow sport at all. So yeah, yeah, I'm the only one really. Okay. All right. Well, fair enough. And then, uh, so with that, I guess how, I mean, given that you you don't necessarily live next to Southampton, no. there's another team that that is somewhat somewhat close, and I guess your allegiance could go uh, elsewhere. But like, how how did you become a, a Saints fan? Well, the thing that uh, drew me in, I, I became a Southampton fan uh, when they were in League One. So I believe that was a 10 to 11 season. Uh, the thing that drew me in was actually the amount of English players we had coming through. And I mean, you hear all the time around, especially where I live, about the academy. So I had friends that um, played in the Southampton Academy in Bath, because they're based in Bath, mm-hmm. and um, up at the university. So that, that was a kind of way of knowing, okay, there's a team here which is really um, pushing their young players, English players, which you see quite a bit in the Football League. Not as much now as you did earlier. But... Um, for sure, that's something that drew me in and the whole philosophy of you know, high-pressing play, trying to get ourselves back up back up the, the table inspired me a bit. I mean, because I, I was it's a bit less cliche than supporting a big, you know, trophy-winning Premier League top five team every year, expecting trophies instead of um, supporting a lower league team where promotion means something and trophies actually have a bit more value around them, for sure. Yeah, because because with that you appreciate the 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 journey to getting the trophy. You know, it's not just exactly, the expectation yeah. that you you know you show up in the semifinal and decide now it matters. You know, yeah, uh, for exactly. us or for Saints and for other uh, there are plenty of other teams where I, their fans feel the same way. So uh, I definitely get that. And the the academy system was really, I mean, it's a huge draw for for me. And uh, it's been nice to see a couple of the academy products really uh, shine recently. It is, because uh, I, I think Kruger said a couple of years ago, he said, our philosophy for the academy is in the next couple of years have at least 50% of our players in the first team come from the academy, which I, I myself think, okay, that's a bit, you know, <laughs> that's a bit much. Yeah. But, um, I mean, it, it definitely shows where our values are at, for sure. And I think, I mean, if that happens, then it, it allows you, it frees up a lot of money in terms of, of transfer oh, yeah. fees and stuff like that. And then... I mean, English players are generally just more expensive as well. If you yeah. try to sell people inside the into other Premier League teams, so uh, that because a lot of teams need you have to have a there's a certain percentage or a certain number of players you have to have that are homegrown or whatever. So you gotta yeah exactly. you gotta have to have, have to get that in. So it definitely helps. But I mean, living in Bath and and not having a fa- other family members who support, are you able? I mean, is it is it difficult to get to games? Do you find yourself having to stream no. most often, or how does that work? Oh, well, yeah, I um I stream them. You know, I got. I know a few websites, which is all right. But um, no, when I'm, when I'm not working, I always try to go down to games. I've been to quite a few. I was, I was at the Fulham game recently, okay. which is fantastic. So midweek games, just go down to Southampton, uh, stay a night in a, in a hostel somewhere or a hotel, and just, just watch the game, just enjoy it. I mean, it's, it's, it's nice being a, at least you're only an hour away. It's only a tenner away um, on the train. Okay. So that's, that's good. Yeah, that's nice. Any any kind of memorable matches that you've been able to attend over the years? Well, my first ever match was 2011 to 12 season. We were at home to Reading, huge game because I believe it was for the top of the table. These were the two teams that got promoted, Southampton and Reading. We lost three <laughs> one. Believe it or not, that was we lost three uh, one. Lambert scored, of course he did. 
But um, yeah, that was my first ever game was losing losing three one to Reading, which was a which was quite a difficult one to take because Reading were top of the table. Um, we were pushing for promotion. But I, th- I think my most favourite game I've been to was in the thirteen fourteen season. Uh, Sam Gallagher's first goal actually came in this game. We won four uh, two against Norwich. Fantastic game to watch because uh, we absolutely dominated for the first half. Kind of stepped off it a bit in the second half, but um, them to get two goals back. But Sam Gallagher scored in the 90th minute, which was really good to see an academy product actually score in front of you, which is just really really cool. Um, and that that was when we were getting up to our peak in the Premier League, so that was um, that was nice to see. Sure. All right. And then what about, what about players that stand out to you over, over oh, that time? Well, probably my idols, Ricky Lambert. I absolutely love him. Everything he stands for, he's class. He's, I, 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 in some respects, hated it when he went to Liverpool. But you got to respect him because of how much he did. I mean, he's still something like second highest uh, goal scorer in the English Football League or something like that, which is absolutely incredible. Um I mean, he everything about you tells you that he shouldn't be a good footballer, and yet he goes out there. And <laughs> it's really, really, it's really, really good. Um, I mean, it's just uh, it's something about him, just amazing. I mean, Adam Lallana as well. I think he's he's, he's another one. Just shows you where where you can go if you have the right amount of technical ability instead of physical ability. Um, I mean, Gareth Bale as well comes from literally nowhere and then gets sold off to Real Madrid. How, however much and still remembers us sometimes as well which is nice yeah yeah he's he's not having the greatest time right now uh no unfortunately not i don't really understand why though i mean that club's a disaster um yeah it is yeah completely a lot of my students support either barcelona or real madrid and so there's there was there was tears <laughs> in, in class and uh because <laughs> the second half I, we watched the first half the end of the first half from minute 25 through through 45 um of the in class or at lunch and then we caught just a little bit of the second half and then i i mean you just know like every kid's got it up on their screen and as soon as i yeah you know, the moment i look away it's like hey i'm gonna like go do this for five minutes and it's the last yeah, one gonna... of the game it's like, like like i know what's going on like, i'm not trying to <laughs> i'm not here to ruin you ruin your yeah, ruin your day yeah. um <laughs> they were they weren't super happy and then uh i found a I found a united kid the next day when that penalty went in he couldn't contain himself. Did not realize he was watching, but, uh, oh, well, uh, <laughs> um, that was, that was absolutely incredible. Though. Fair, fair play to United. I wouldn't give him credit often, but fair play. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's, and it, it's insane. I guess, uh, you know, when, when English, other English teams go to the champions league or the Europa league, it's like, sometimes you, depending on, as long as it's not your rival, you can kind of go, all right, like I, I can yeah. support you for the evening unless it's just somebody you absolutely hate. And so, I mean, favorite memory of the last year was I was around my my mate's house for the Champions League final the mm-hmm. Liverpool uh, Madrid mm-hmm. his face when Gareth Bale just whacked out a bicycle kick oh honestly I was going absolutely ecstatic I was in a room with four other Liverpool fans and the one ex-Southampton player on the pitch just nails it <laughs> excellent uh, and, and former Spurs player as well so I wonder who wonder, mm. I wonder who he's doing today exactly yeah yeah, yeah I wonder but, uh, but yeah in, in addition to that um yeah. You also take, you do photography, you take photos. Um, yes. That's, that's one of my hobbies. Yeah. So Love what, it. I mean, there are quite a few people who interact with, with the podcast and, and I try to message everybody back and sometimes I don't. So if I haven't and you message me, like mm. message me again, I'll, I'll try to look at it as long as it's not something crazy. Um, yeah. but, uh, I mean, you, we messaged back and forth for a little while and, and I was kind of going through the photos. And so you were in, you were in the, uh, 
how do I say this correctly? The Caribbean or the Caribbean? I don't know which one's, yeah, which yeah. one's right. Yeah, we, we, we say the Caribbean. I think over there you guys say the Caribbean or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, no, it was, yeah, it was a stunning trip, stunning place. If you ever get a chance to go, even though it's in the Bermuda Triangle, I highly recommend it. <laughs> it was uh, no sea monsters out, thankfully, but no, it was, um, yeah, it was beautiful. It was absolutely beautiful. But definitely a world away from, um, from the southwest of England, for sure. I guess, I guess what, do you, uh, what do you enjoy photographing the most? Is it people? Um, is it scenery? Is it, what, 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 are you, what are you drawn to? Really anything that really catches my eye. I mean, if you scroll through my Instagram feed, you will see that there's no real pattern. I mean, so there's a few people in there, a few of my mates, um, buildings, architecture, sunrises, sunsets, landscapes, really anything that really catches my eye. Um, I mean, living in a city, it's quite easy to take photos of old Georgian buildings, which we have literally everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, which, um, which I've got a few that I'm going to be uploading soon. But um, it's also nice to capture people, emotions, different things like that. Because you can really, if, if you look into a photo, you can definitely see the kind of stuff that people are thinking and going through. Um, I, know, I know that's pretty deep, but I don't know. It's just, I don't know. It's just, that's, it, it just appeals to me, really. Yeah, well, I think that's, I mean, that's important because otherwise you're just, if you're just going out and snapping a picture and throwing it up there so you can get some likes, that's, that's different than, you know, yeah. actually having some meaning to it. So yeah, I appreciate that very much. Um, I mean, I guess, is there anything about like, that since you've started that you've learned that maybe people that just look at the photos and scroll through that don't, they don't understand that they that would need, that you have to explain to people, you find yourself explaining to people quite often about just maybe the process or, or yeah. anything like that? It takes a lot to think of a good shot, <laughs> I have to admit. So it takes a long time. So if you see a shot and you're thinking, okay, what angle can I get this out to make it look different from everyone else's? Or can I get low to the ground, high to the ground? How do I edit this? Do I raise the highlights? No, just it's just different things like that. It probably, per photo, takes me about, overall to shoot and edit, probably about an hour. So if you think per photo, that's quite a long time. So I've got to sort out all of my split tones, different things like that. It's really, it does take a long time. Um, most people think it's snap and go. Mm-hmm. You, if you want to make sure that you know you got the right angle, got the right depth of field, just different things like that, and it is that's kind of what I like about it because you definitely have a payoff. <laughs> and sometimes it doesn't work at all. Sometimes what you're thinking is completely wrong, but that's fine because you can go out there. That building is still going to be there. Hey, try again. So yeah, exactly. You can just go out there and just try again. It's excellent. Yeah, I think that's I think that's awesome. And it's I mean we live in a in a culture where we you got to take selfies and put them up there and everybody's got an Instagram live and Periscope yeah. and, and everything else. So it's, it's, it's definitely a, a different thought process versus, uh, you know, if somebody's actually taking a photo and doing all the stuff to it and, and putting it out there versus, you know, me taking it on my iPhone or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it is incredibly expensive as well. All new software, lenses, bodies. It's really, it's really expensive. Something that I was quite shocked about. But yeah, it's why you get a job in it, really. It is. It is, and you got to. <laughs> that's why you do stuff you enjoy because it sometimes it costs exactly. money, and you just you know if you enjoy it, it's worth it. Oh yeah, for sure. For um, sure. Speaking of things that were worth it, the second half today. Um, oh, excellent. Because <laughs> if, if if you were if you were there for the first half, or it, it it wasn't it wasn't great. But let's let's start with the lineup. I mean, no no changes from last week, and uh, yeah, I mean I. I I said it on uh, on Instagram this morning, like the you know I got it right, but that's not a, it wasn't <laughs> rocket science. You know, if if there had there yeah. been any changes, it, we would have found out about an injury of some sort. But yeah, I, you couldn't see him making any changes really after last week's performance. No, for sure. I mean, I think 
if it's not broke, don't fix it. Because last week, even though we lost to United, right? Even though we lost, um, I thought we played. I thought we did personally. As a biased fan, I thought we should have won the match. I think we were, we were really unlucky in certain situations not to get away with a win there. Um, but yeah, there's no reason to change uh, whatsoever because I think we found our strongest XI, uh, strongest 11. So if we, if we can get Danny Ings back for the Brian game, which we should be able to do, that will give us another option up front because Austin obviously can't run. Shane Long can, but he picked up a knock today. Um, so it would give us give us a bit more of an opportunity, but I can see Sims coming into the team a bit more now, kind of trying to bleed him in. I definitely understand what you're what you're saying about Sims because he came in, and I mean, there's no there's no early news in the team. It's one of the things that I that I that I wrote down, and he, I mean, that's that's a signing that hasn't worked out, and you know, you want to give him time and you want to be supportive, but he just hasn't shown. He hasn't looked up for it. He hasn't looked anything like the player that we saw. Um, in the Champions League against Manchester City, or even you know any highlight reel that you that you look at, that he, no. he just doesn't. He doesn't, look, he doesn't look like he has the pace. He doesn't look like he has the the quickness. And and so to see Ralph once again go ahead and, and put Sims in uh, since he's back on, he's back you know available for us. It's it's nice to see him him given the chance. And uh, unfortunately, the first half just didn't really work. I mean, they're Tottenham were all over us early on. And, um, yeah. I mean, Kane found himself in a lot of space, um, pulling off of, of, of the, any member of the back three he wanted, it seemed like. And, um, yeah. I mean, there were all kinds of warning signs from the, the pace of, of Mora against Vestergaard to just Constant. Kane's movement. Because we, I mean, you try to think about some of the, the, the strikers that we played against and, I think sometimes we've had wide players that have been really good coming against us and we've been okay. You know, I think what Valerie did to Hazard and stuff like that, that was, we were all right there, but um, I mean, you have suddenly just a different kind of of forward coming at you. And I was, I was really worried about him. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Kane, world-class striker, you're going to be nervous. Um, I mean, he scored 23 goals a season and he's been injured. So it shows you how clinical he actually is. And I think he, um, he kind of, Bullied our defense a bit to start with. We were definitely nervous, knowing that this was a huge game for us, because we wanted to pick up points against top four teams this season if we are going to have any chance of staying up. Um, I mean, yeah, you said about his two early shots. He just rolled off our defense and just popped it from just outside the box. I mean, probably the test gun a bit. If I thought I had a great game, um, but yeah, the back three need to definitely need to sort something out, communicate. We need to find a solid leader. In Be- I think in Bednarek, I think he's going to be our main leader going forward. Because he was, he was. I think he last couple of weeks. I think we can all agree he's been absolutely outstanding. Uh-huh. He's been really, really good. Um, but yeah, world class striker in Kane. It's going to be always difficult to defend against. Um, and you can't. It's not a player that you can kind of get tight to because he's such a physical presence. Yet he's not the slowest either. I think he's he's going to be faster than Vestergaard. Let's be real. I think anyone's faster than Vestergaard. <laughs> he's just a donkey on the pitch sometimes. But he um, he definitely pushed and pulled and. Um, I think uh, I think we handled him well in, mo- in most parts. Most parts. Yeah, I think once once everything kind of got settled down, when I, towards the end of the first half, it was just make sure we get to the first half. Right? Let's yeah. get to halftime and be down one nothing, and we'll we'll sort it out after that. You know, um, and you just hope that that something was going to happen. But I mean, the 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 first half just looked nothing kind of like <laughs> like like last week, where yeah. you know it's the same eleven. It's you know it's at home, but you you kind of think. I mean, you kind of think that that last week we played three three matches in a week. We looked pretty good uh, coming in the last one. You thought maybe they were going to be 
you know, tired or, or, you know, worn out a little bit uh, this week, you have more rest and, and yet you come out and you look, you just look slower. You don't look as quick and, and it, it's, it's puzzling, but credit, credit to Hassan Hoodle for, um, for, for whatever he said at halftime and whatever, whoever's throat he jumped oh, down and the yeah. changes he made. But, um, yeah. but go, let's go through the first half a little bit, uh, more. I mean, la- one of the things that we pointed out in the newsletter this week was, uh, against United, uh, JWP, the, the heat map, JWP's average position was more advanced than any other player, uh, according to who scored, which I thought was interesting. And, yeah. And I think that was due partially to, you know, him obviously playing the furthest forward of, of uh, Romeo and, and Hoiberg. But um, I think Austin dropping deep to help defend and also kind of link play up and hold the ball up a little bit. Um, and, and him kind of running beyond that, which I, I guess I didn't pick up um, until I looked at the, at the stats afterwards. But to see him kind of making runs today and, and pressing high up the pitch with Austin and with Redmond, I thought that was... Uh, I don't know. I thought I thought he was. I thought he did a pretty good job. But I would say for the most part, we were just a step behind. Um, everywhere from yeah. Moro looked really, really good, and he, Romeo got booked early, which I think is part of the reason he was brought off. It's just it's a walking yellow card. Yeah, me. yeah. And I was really surprised he he avoided suspension earlier in the year. He just got it. You know, he just held on one game long enough to to make sure he didn't get uh, suspended for a match, which is great because we didn't have Lamine at the time, and it was going to wind up being I mean, yeah. you know Slattery coming in, which is. It's, that's okay, maybe, but I don't know now since JWP's playing so well. I don't know if I want Slattery in there. Um, I'm not sure him, Slattery, and I'm not sure JWP, Slattery, and Hoiberg would be a, a good fit. I think you need the the Romeo there to just yeah. kind of <laughs> do the stuff that he does, you know? Yeah, just a bit, a bit more grit. I think Slattery will be a good player. I think if you bleed him in over preseason, give him a few few um, few games over preseason for sure, try and test his ground a bit. I think uh, when he's come in, he's been fine. Um, maybe a bit below average of what we were thinking, but. Um, He's still young. He's still up and coming. Again, you got to remember when we first tried out Warprowse, he wasn't amazing. But you can see where he is now. I mean, he's absolutely he's in the form of his life. I don't think we'll see anything better than this. Um, but, yeah, Slattery, I think, Hoiberg and Warprowse wouldn't work. We need Romeo in there just to, you know, push and pull a bit, be a bit more grit, kind of CDM kind of role, just to be a bit more of a, a, bit more of a pinwheel like we've been seeing from him from the last couple of years when he got player of the year and different things like that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely had a season off last year. It didn't, didn't look great, but oh, yeah. nobody did. So that, oh. <laughs> that's all right. Um, there was one instance where yeah, we had gained possession in our own half and we kind of passed it around. And I think it was Birchin or Redmond kind of played it back and forth to one another a couple, a couple of times. And then Redmond lost the ball. Um, Kane winds up putting it across the area. Yoshida slides in to block it. He puts it off the post. And it's just an absolute Yeah, nightmare. I saw that, yeah. Um, yeah. Eventually, I think Rose won a free kick, and I was just thinking, like, this is this is not going well. Uh, then Valerie gets booked, um, and I'm just thinking, this, you know, I was super worried at that point because it, it wasn't. Uh, it, we were still in the game; it was still nil nil, I think. But I was not not feeling super confident. And then as soon as we go down the other end, we finally get the ball the other end, and uh, uh, we get our shot blocked, and Spurs go straight up the other end and and score. And you can see the pass coming; you can see them just. The, the back three just get absolutely torn apart and uh, Kane did really well to, to finish uh, underneath Gunn's legs and, and they're up one nothing and you were kind of just thinking at that point like if we don't figure it out this could just be a super long afternoon and we've we've okay. had a couple of those too. Yeah I mean it, it completely reminded me of when we lost to Spurs on Boxing Day I think it was Fraser Force's last game uh-huh. for a while um, I mean Kane's goal was way too soft for me I think we needed to get a bit more tighter to Deli Alley. you can't allow a number of space in the box you've got him and Kane playing um I think it was uh, I think it was Vestergaard who lost Kane on the right hand side. Uh, definitely get a bit more tighter, anticipate the pass. 
um, even dropping back a bit, playing him onside. Because even though people were shouting for him to be offside, it's way too close for the linesman to call. Right. There's no way, there's no way the linesman would be able to call that with his own eyes. Um, I mean, when I, when I used to referee, you'd see stuff like that, and you'd think there's no way of me knowing that you know that's happened because it's way too tight. Um, I think Angus Gunn in that range, you can't really do much. Even though it went through his legs, it's a good finish. But yeah, the Definitely the defense needs to have a bit more communication with where they need to be positioned, especially with strikers peeling around the back, because we've seen that a few times this season already. Yeah. And this is not, I mean, like you said, this is not something that we, we are new to dealing with. This is something, this is something we've been working on in some games. We look really good uh, dealing with it. It seems like the communication's there just the alertness is there. And then some games, it just doesn't look like the, the back three and then the wing backs are communicating with one another well enough. And, and guys are finding space and, either ball watching or getting sucked to the ball. And it's just, it, it's a bit of a nightmare, but uh, you, you gotta, you gotta do something with it, I guess. Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, Nathan Redmond today had a couple of, of good runs though. Um, there was one in the first half where he, he got the ball and ran, but I think maybe he made the wrong, t- took the wrong option. I think he had Austin with him, but it was, it was like five on two or something like that. Like they yeah. Spurs had numbers back, but it's you can see that that's something that he wasn't doing last year, but uh, a couple of times this sh- today he just hit the side netting, and that was all. I mean, that would seem like that was all he can do. He couldn't. He could not get it on frame. Yeah, I think for me, um, I mean, when when Hasen Hill first came in, we saw a different side to Redmond. We saw him running at players, crossing it for Danny Ings, scoring headers against Arsenal, lobbing keepers against Derby. We saw the side swim that we hadn't seen since his uh, debut season. I think the buzz for him's kind of worn off. I like. I think he's still a fantastic player. He gives us an edge it's his decision-making that's letting him down at the moment. So, for example, um, against a Fulham, he was really good at just running at players. But he'd get to the edge of the box, and instead of maybe crossing that in or laying it off for Bertrand, who's you know literally flanking so quickly, mm-hmm. he'd cut inside onto his right foot and try and curl it in like every other player we've seen do in the Premier League. This is becoming such an obvious thing for keepers to see now. Yeah, um, He just tries that, and I think, you know, fair play to him. Have, you know, give it a few goes but he did this four or five times and it was really obvious to see and I think against a top team like Spurs your decision making has to be you know exactly on the money of where you know do I pass it do I shoot do I dribble um you said about him hitting the side netting yeah he got around a few defenders but either square it because we have Charlie Austin in the middle who middle he's probably one of the best strikers in the league inside the penalty area in terms of movement um Sort of shooting for yourself, and I think he's definitely lost that edge to his game over the last couple of days. But three weeks out, hopefully Ralph can get into him a bit. Sure. Yeah, and and we did. Uh, he, we got a compliment from him. One of the guys that hosts the London is Blue podcast. He's a Chelsea, Chelsea mm-hmm. podcast, and somebody who is has been a help to me. Um, but anyway, so Nick Verlady just mentioned. You know, he's got so much kind of talent. It's he's worth. He's he's got a lot going for him if he can just find that final pass or the final yeah. ball then then he's he's going to be he's going to be really great and and unfortunately i think that means that that we we i think what he was insinuating is that we'll lose him at some point um yeah but for me I, I think i'm okay with that if he's here for four or five years and we get to see all the development and we can get one one of him playing at the top of his game and then he gives us a ton of money like i i think that's that's part of what the how this club is going to run and yeah i can be upset about it or i can just go like that this is it and i'll, I'll take it you know this is the team we choose to support, sell our best players. And we need to get used to that, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, bittersweet sometimes, for sure. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, so I'm trying to think. I mean, Spurs had chances. And Spurs, I think, were, were quicker than us. They were, they were 
definitely you could see the uh maybe the difference in quality is that and even though they didn't spend uh, you know any money over the summer their squad that they have assembled is still worth a, a great deal more than what we have and yes. and some of those players really showed that against uh, against us today but they also maybe lacked a bit of sharpness Deli Ali hasn't has been out injured he didn't look um you know in, in tip-top shape and there's a couple of times he held the ball too long and, and I think they had chances to make it uh, to, to make it two or three nothing at, by halftime and and they left it they let us stay in the game and I think that's a that's a mistake on their part and it's, yeah, there's also sure. some credit due to us for from you know for, for gun for making the saves for Bednarak and 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 Bertrand and, and everybody making blocks and stuff like that to keep it that way I think that is super important because once we got to halftime and it was only one nothing like look we had a bad half against a top four team or a top six team, but we're only down one and, and that's, we can turn this around. We know we're better than that. So, so go out and do it. So I think, uh, in terms of like a, a positive, it was that that was it. We, we got there down one, nothing. Um, it wasn't great. We made some changes and, uh, you know, we had to, to work from that. And, and I think, uh, so, so much that the reasons we or some of the ways that we've been good live recently has been when we have the ball, we are forcing people to make mistakes with it. So they're, not set up and we are able to counter and create chances out of that. And today it seemed like when we got possession, we were going backwards. We were allowing Spurs to set up and we were never going to break them down that way in the first half. No, I, I think Spurs were so compact in the way that they, um, in the way that they set up because they knew that we had the firepower to go at them. I mean, you saw us score two fantastic goals against United. Yes, they were screamers, but we had the opportunities in that game to get even more than two. So they knew that we, we could get at them. Um, and I, th- I think they set up well for it. Um, needless to say, I think we did set up well against them. In, I thought in the first half, our structure was a bit loose. I think um, we've seen it in the last couple of games, like against United for Pereira's goal, where Hoiberg and Romeu would push too far away from our defence. And that would leave a gap where a defender's got to come across. And that again, that leaves even more space in behind, especially when we don't have a fast defence. So I was quite... Um, I was quite happy to see Son not starting because I think if he started and we left that amount of space, then we would have struggled. Um, but saying that, um, I think our defence just needed to be a bit more tighter. And again, Spurs set up really well against us in the first half. I mean, they were blocking all of our shots. We had three shots, none on target in the first half. Um, I think we were fortunate to get back into the game. Um, I mean, even being down 1-0, I thought it was fortunate enough because they did hit the bar a few times mm-hmm. in the post. Um, but I think overall, um, Angus Gunn definitely saved us in this first half. I thought he played, had an excellent had an excellent game today. Yeah, I think he has done really, really well in terms of coming in for McCarthy. And I, I guess overall that I, I wasn't sure if he was going to stay in or not. And I think his performances have shown, you know, he's got to do it. Even though you look at last week and we conceded three goals against Manchester United, I don't think they were on him. I think a lot of those were, no. you know, we the defenders weren't tight enough to, to Lukaku uh, and... You know, that guy had a brilliant strike from outside the area. So, I mean, we, and that was another instance where our defense and our midfield, there was too big of a gap for people to, to exploit. And that's what, that's what good players do. They find that space and they, they take advantage of it. So, you know, no, nothing really for him, but, um, coming out of halftime, uh, we make two changes right away. Yes. Obviously Romeo with the booking, he was not having a great game. Uh, you look that at his rating cool. and stuff like that. It wasn't, uh, it, it wasn't at all great. Um, and, and the potential was there for him to, to, to get sent off just simply because more was kind of running through and around him. And so like that, so that, that wasn't great, but um, Sims comes on uh, long comes on for Austin. And I think we, 
we change the formation a little bit. We change the the mindset, and, and Sims puts himself into the game immediately. Yeah, I mean, um, I think Ralph said in his uh, press conference after the game, he said uh, that he'd uh, wrote it down. Yeah, so I think he said that Sims wants to play a lot more. I think he he says that his confidence is growing. Um, I mean, he he had a fantastic game. I think I can't remember who it was against. The under twenty threes played a fantastic game on five nil when he was involved in four of the goals um, a couple of weeks ago. Um, we've seen him pop up a few times each season. You know. Pushing against the defence, I think he hit, he hit the post against Burnley a few um, few months ago, um, and of course he got his first assist uh, for Charlie Austin a couple uh, years ago as well. But um, I think Josh Sims really changed the game today. He was BBC Sports Man of the Match. Um, it was clear to see why in the second half because he completely just changed the game. I think he definitely reflects the kind of player that Ralph wants. I mean, I think we'll see a lot more of Redmonds and Sims's come through the academy and into the window. Um, in the summer because he's looking for that pacey striker that to press. I mean, Sims was really unlucky today not to get someone sent off. I think it was Vertonghen for a kick in the head. The blatant record, violent conduct, should have been sent off. I, I'm surprised the referee didn't, but I guess we'll get onto the referee a bit later. But um, I thought I thought he had an excellent game. Um, I mean, Shane Long definitely opens up a lot more corridors for us with his pace and his um, his agility. And I mean, he, he, can, he can win more headers than Austin. I mean, he can jump. It's insane how high he can jump. I mean, he almost got onto the end of a corner in the second half to um, to equalise. But um, yeah, I think the subs were good. Changing to a back four, we haven't seen much under Ralph. Um, and when we have, we've looked shaky. But I think today we set up really, really well, especially in the second half. Um, and it, we were hard to break down. And it was it was a risk chucking players forward and leaving the space in, in behind. But I thought, you know, we, we controlled the game. He definitely gave him a kick up the bum in the... Uh, Oh, yeah, and, and the announcers here were discussing the fact that, I mean, Spurs went away midweek. We should be able to, you know, maybe press them into some mistakes. Maybe they'll be a little bit tired or, or, or sluggish or whatever. And I definitely think they, they looked, they didn't look as good in the second half, but I, I'm going to give us credit for for, for forcing that on them and, and making sure that they didn't have time on the ball and things like that. And, and because of that, I think, uh, because of the energy of Sims and Long, I think that that, that helped the team a lot because... Otherwise, it's Redmond and, and really Bertrand and Valerie are the only guys with any kind of pace that are that are there in the first half because Austin doesn't have it. And JDBP, even though he's he's playing really well, I'm not sure he's got a, a ton of pace. He did make some good tackles today, but I don't think it. I don't think it, defenses are threatened by him getting in behind and stuff like that. So uh, no. I thought that that um, that idea that 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 Sims and, and Long can can help out in that sense, I thought was I thought was great, but. Um, I don't know. Like I was, a, uh, I, I wrote down like more energy, more commitment, um, same lack of Shane long finishing. Uh, he had that yeah. header and it just was like, Oh man, like get yeah. it on target, man. Like you were, he missed time to jump that, which was super high. Um, but you just didn't get it on target. So, I mean, I, I can we talk, you want to talk about the referee right now? Because we, you, you kind of mentioned well, it, I'm, but yeah, I'm happy to. Yes, no um, but I guess right before that though, we had, we had a kind of a great, uh, kind of a little run. I mean, if you think back to the EFL cup semifinal against Liverpool, it's it's mm. the corner. Uh, Sims gets on the ball. He plays it to Long. Long finishes. It's great. We yeah. had uh, not yeah. necessarily the same run for today, but but a good ball, a great ball from Sims. Um, and I thought uh, a good ball. Like the, the move got less stellar as it as it went on, but like the ball yeah. from Sims was fantastic. The cross from Long was okay. Um, the finish from Redmond uh, below par. It, it was just one of those things where like that. Yeah. You know that. Oh man, I was frustrated. That, at that was point. that was really annoying. I mean, what I was saying earlier about Redmond losing his touch. I mean. 
couple of weeks ago, he would have netted that. His confidence would have been sky high. But he did that a few times today. I think he had, a, as, as we said earlier, a chance in the first half, hit the side netting. Literally, you can't miss. We're in a relegation fight, and you're doing misses like that. And then he's running after the ball and smiling about it. I get this embarrassing and annoying, but you can't, you, you can't be missing those when we're in a scrap like we are. Yeah. Because if, I mean, maybe we would have scored too early. I don't know. Um, I thought the 77th minute was about a perfect time to score. But if we scored, if I don't know how the game would have played if we scored that. But it is frustrating to see that, again, our strikers can't finish. We're relying on the midfield to get more goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the only thing that you can say for, for Redmond is that it's clear the coach has been on him about, you know, there's no need to get down on yourself. You just, you just go again. You know, you just mm-hmm. keep going. And, and so to see him not kind of give up, yeah, happy with that. Um, but yeah, it, it is, was a little bit frustrating because a couple of times he cut down, cut down his angle too much. He, he kind of worked himself into a situation where you're going to, you have to beat the from almost zero angle versus, you know, cutting onto your right foot and, and ha- opening up the goal for yourself. So I think that, that decision-making needs to, to improve a little bit, but, um, it's all right, but you know, we'll, we'll see how we, how he goes maybe with the time off and maybe people are talking about potential England call it, but I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see how that goes. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about Redmond getting any call up when I can always bank that Will Prowse will get a call up, but I don't, I don't think Redmond's a hundred percent there yet. I think for sure he need, he will get called up soon if he can hit form again, but yeah, he just needs to get a few more goals under his belt. I think and a bit, bit few more solid performances before Southgate looks at him properly. Well, and you just look at who he's competing with, you know, yeah. uh, the guys, that, the guys that are, that are there in that squad. Um, think, you think of Raheem Sterling and that's, that's, that's a lot to, to ask of yeah. Redmond, you know? Um, whereas it seems like the actual midfield, I mean, sometimes I wonder what the hell <laughs> is going on, but, um, <laughs> that's, that's, uh, I, I, I did find out I'm, I'm one third English, but you know, I'm, not I'm not going to claim to, to have a full <laughs> understanding of, of that setup. So, uh, good, yeah. good luck to you as long as you're not playing us and, and yeah. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, the second half overall, we, we definitely looked a lot better. And, and I think if you would have had anybody to score today, it wasn't going to be Valerie, but long has to go off. Um, he's obviously hurt. And I, I tweeted at that point, like the, our third sub now is Armstrong for long because of Long's injury. And I tweeted that this, now we're going to play the rest of the match down a goal, uh, in a game that we kind of desperately need a point from without a recognized yeah. striker. Like, and I was not feeling great at that point. Um, no. and I couldn't have been more wrong because Armstrong, uh, does just enough to get the ball across, uh, Valerie. Uh, I think the best part about the goal about Valerie's goal is, is Danny Rose's dummy, uh, Aww. to let the ball go through. And like that for me, cause I, I, I despise that guy and I don't know why. Um, yeah. and maybe it's I because know, I, do. I do know what you mean. Good competition with Bertrand. Right, right. right. That, that's it. I think that's it for me is he's keeping Bertrand out of the, out of the England setup and that's not, that's not okay with me. Um, and, um, to see him make that mistake is just like you know it it, it was it was all good for me. <laughs> Awful defending. That is, I think that's the worst bit of defending you're going to see all season. That is absolutely dreadful. Like there's, well, I don't understand what he's going to do with that. Maybe he's going to run it into the corners, play it line, even just shadow. He he doesn't get a call pretty much. Vertonghen or Odovero don't give him a call or Sanchez that you know Valerie's running in at the back stick, and that's their fault. So. I mean, of course, we're going to try and capitalize from it. It was a decent finish from Valerie. I still don't know how he got it in the net. Um, but, yeah, it was a fantastic finish. 
definitely Rose needs to have a look at himself and think, okay, how am I going to improve about this? Because you can do dummies inside your 18-yard box right in front of your goal. It's a really stupid mistake, but I'm not going to complain about it. It's a free goal for us. Right, right. You just hope that he doesn't do it uh, in a couple of weeks' time when he's playing for England. So, uh, oh, God, no. You know, that, I guess there, there's that worry, but for today, it definitely helps out. Yeah, um, today I, I couldn't care. <laughs> there was then uh, another, you know, we, I think we had 13 minutes to go, but Armstrong was brought down and we were kind of pushing forward. And then, you know, there's, there's a, there's only a yellow for, for them. And yeah. it was one of those, I think it's a denial of a clear goal scoring opportunity. I think it's yeah. intentional. Um, I have no idea what Kevin friend was doing. And I think this is, this, right. this is the place where we can talk about it. Cause we had the Sims thing earlier with, with Vertonghen, um yeah. on the edge of the area, but you have all of these decisions that didn't, it, he just did not want to give us a call either way. And it's, I don't like complaining about referees, but it's been no. really bad the past couple of weeks. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, saw it against uh, United and Fulham. We just weren't getting the fouls that we deserved because we are against Fulham, especially we were such a physical team compared to them. And the referee was playing into their hands completely. Like they'd be going down because Hoiberg has got these you know, huge calves and he'd just be bundling into the like Callum Chambers or something. He'd be going flying. And yeah, it's shoulder to shoulder. It's not a foul. Because of how far he goes, the ref's like, okay, bit, bit far. But um, definitely the Sims incident I'm really surprised that the linesman didn't help him out on that. I'm really surprised that the linesman didn't call call out over Kevin Friend, tell him, look, this has happened. He's literally kicked him in the face. That's violent conduct. Surely that's a red card. I mean, last season we saw it with Edison on Mane. That was a red card. Similar sort of position. Yes, he didn't hit him with his studs, but it's still a boot to the face. That's still going to hurt. Um, it, in my opinion, it should be a red card. It's violent conduct. Uh, I mean... The Armstrong incident, he's done really well to get goal side of um, Carl Walker-Peters, who isn't the fastest, but he's still got goal side of him. And it's obvious that that ball's coming in and Walker-Peters knows that. So he trips him up. If Armstrong gets a good first touch, he's in one-on-one versus Lloris. I mean, I, I would favor the striker in that position in any one-on-one, especially that close to goal. And I, I don't think the, the defense could get across to block it. Um, so yeah, I think that one was a bit harder, but I would still say that that would be a red card because it was such a clear goal-scoring opportunity because he was through. There was no one in front of him apart from Lloris. Right. Um, I understand that, of course, it's a very difficult call for the referee, but there needs to be consistency because if we saw that in a different game, maybe it was City or United, one of the bigger teams, that maybe would have been a red card. For sure. Because there is, in this league, I do think there is favoritism towards the big teams oh, because sure. we, we short, we, we've seen it all season. Liverpool... Uh, Salah just diving all over the place, getting penalties left, right and centre. We've seen it against United. We've now seen it today against Spurs. There needs to be more consistency in the Prem, for sure. I mean, you can almost say, uh, playing away, the crowd may have an influence. So you're at Old Trafford. It's it's already a big team. It's mm. there, you know, the the crowd was was loud enough last week. I know sometimes the the big the big the big teams tend to attract you know um, either fair weather fans or a lot of tourists. So you have a you know. Everybody's yeah. everybody's in the, the country and, and going along to Manchester for, for, for this so they can say they were there and they have a half and half scarf and all that stuff. But it, it didn't seem like that last <laughs> week. Um, it seemed like they like the, there was plenty of noise. So maybe that influences it. But, but at home, um, you would expect that maybe it evens out or gets close to even, but it, it wasn't. I mean, uh, we, we, we had almost twice as many fouls as they did. Um, we had twice as many yellow cards as they did. And it's just like, I don't, I don't think, I don't necessarily think that that was it's a fair reflection of how the game was played, you know. Um, 
definitely the first half we had we, i would say we we we, we deserved yeah, all we those fouls the, but yeah yeah because we, sure. were, we were just getting beat all over the park and we, we were trying to make up for it but um yeah but i mean when it was 1-1 for you were you were you expecting us to kind of shut up shop or did you think that there was another goal in it for us i think on the route I was hoping that we'd go for it, and I'm happy we did. I think under our previous managers, we wouldn't have gone for it as much as we did. Um, so, for example, Mark Hughes, um, you know, we would have just played for the point. That's, that's all we would have needed. Um, but I'm happy under Ralph that we pushed for it. Um, of course, we needed Warpath to play LSL. I mean, what a fantastic free kick that was. But um, we'll go on to that later, I guess. But, um, yeah. I think I'm happy with how we push forward because we, I'm so used to seeing Saints get level or get a goal up and then drop back, you know, get everyone behind the ball, play really passive. Um, it, it was good to see. I think it's definitely an improvement, especially against the top four side. I mean, we completely, we completely push them. We press them as we were getting accustomed to seeing under our new manager, which is fantastic. I do think that the strikers definitely played a part in that or, you know, sub strikers, definitely the pace given us an option on the break to get through, get fouled, get the free kick um, constantly throughout that match. I did I did think that we played well when when we got to 1-1. I mean, was it two goals in three minutes or something like that? The first time we've come back from being 1-0 down all season. That obviously shows our philosophy and where we are going. We showed some real character today and it's, uh, it's really good to see. Yeah, I mean, it was really nice to see the the, the commitment to it and the idea yeah. that the belief that we can, we can go win this, you know? And so yeah, exactly. I thought it was, I thought it was fantastic because so often we've, we've gotten to that point and then we've, we've lost the lead or we've gotten to that point and then settled for the draw or, or wound up losing. And so, I mean, yeah, you just think about some of the mistakes we've made uh, late in the games and I, I don't want to go there cause I'm in a, I'm in a pretty good mood. Yeah. Uh, all things considered. Yeah, yeah. So coming to the free kick, you know, it's, I, you're looking at it and you're going, if anybody else takes this, I'm looking at plane flights, I'm booking it and I will fight whoever took it from him because there was only one person who should have been anywhere near that. And, um, if Ryan Bertrand wants to run over it, that's fine, but he better not, he better not touch it. And, and there's no, I, I wasn't thinking that it was going to go in because it's not, it's not supposed to happen. You're not supposed to do this two weeks in a row. Um, against, you're not supposed to beat, the, the world cup winning goalkeeper and the best goalkeeper in the world from a free kick two weeks in a row. That's not supposed to happen. Um, and yet he did it and there was no, as soon as he hit it, I mean, there was no doubt, right? Oh yeah, sure. I mean, his technique, as Ralph said, after the game was gorgeous, this is fantastic technique, but I've seen Bertrand take free kicks off him all the time in that area. And I, I thought he was going to do it again. I'm really happy he didn't because he has to be our main set piece taker. I mean, you can't have that much quality on a dead ball and it's being noticed as well. That's what I'm scared about, that it's being noticed. Um, yeah, you can't take a free kick inside the D from more Prowse. I think actually this free kick was a bit more difficult than the one at United. Yes, it was closer to the goal, which might make it easier, but it, you don't have that much space to bend it over the ball, uh, right. uh, over the wall into the goal. It was a bit more central. Um, but yeah, as soon, as soon as he hit it, you could just tell where it was going. Luis honestly had no chance with that. Wrong-footed. I thought it was, it was, I thought it was excellent. Oh yeah. And, and I mean, for him to do that, I mean, for so long, that was his claim to fame was all of this dead ball stuff. And, mm. and then, you know, it, we, we all expected it and the corner would come in a little flat or it wouldn't be there. The whip wouldn't be on it. 
um, maybe he lost some confidence just because he wasn't getting in the team. And then you have guys taking free kicks off and when really this is what he's supposed to be doing. And I mean, there was an article that came out that said, you know, he's been, he's practicing that free kick uh, in his, in his, in, in the garden growing up, you know, this is what he yeah. does. And, and so he's, yeah. he's, he's really kind of committed to it. And, and I mean, all the, all the commentators want to draw parallels to other English free kick takers over, over time. And it's just like, just let the guy do it, yeah. you know, let him do his job. Yeah. This is him doing it. And, you know, if for a long time, we, we kind of argued that it, they weren't good enough, as good as he was at free kicks, that he wasn't, it wasn't enough for him to be in the team, you know? Um, and I think now he has really shown that there's a lot more to his game and it's all improved and the free kicks have even gotten better. And to have a right back and, and a dead ball, uh, score twice in two weeks to, you know, get us a result this time, even better. Um, I just, I couldn't be more pleased for, for either of them, but especially for James Ward Prowse for, uh, I mean, this is his best goal scoring return of any Premier League season. His goals per ninety uh, are is almost double of, of what it's been in any other season. So he's just, I mean, he's on fire right now, and you just you got to keep giving him games. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, he's he's been our man at the moment. I mean, we haven't seen him play much under Pellegrino, Mark Hughes. We didn't see him shine. Um, you know, I mean, the way Mark Hughes set up um, wasn't amazing. I mean, we'd always play him out on the wing. I always found that really weird because he's not fast. You know, you want pacey strikers in this league and he wasn't fast. I think we were, again, as you were saying, we were only playing him for his dead ball special, specialities, which I think now moving him into the central position, giving him the tenacious side of his game, which we've heard all about from the commentators, that's all they seem to talk about whenever he gets on the ball, was how aggressive he is now, uh, which is really good to see. I mean, we saw it against Fulham when he completely, I can't remember who it was, but he absolutely bodied someone and then led to Hoiberg's, you know, miss. Um, but it's really good to see him flourish because he does, he's such a talented footballer. He's such an intelligent footballer as well. That goes unnoticed how intelligent he is. Straight A student. Um, but it's good to see an academy player show what they can do on the big stage because we haven't had that in a while. Um, I'm just really, yeah, as you said, I'm really happy for him because he does deserve this because, you know, he's, he's James Lord Prowse. He's, that's what he does. Absolutely. Um, all right. I think, I mean, do you have anything else you'd like to, to say on the game before we wrap it up and move on towards some questions? I'd just like to say that we need to continue this form. I think even though we've only, we lost last week, we've won this week, we need to carry it on to Brighton. Three weeks is an awful long time to not have a game. Hopefully we have a few training games come in, maybe against the under 23, so we're in good form. But we definitely need to keep up the intensity because we're not done yet. This is still going to be an extremely long season for sure. I think the plan is to play a championship team at some point. Good. Um, Very good. At the training ground. And then, but then there's an international break as well, which yes. makes it tough because some of the guys are going to go away. And it's been, I mean, if you think about it, some of the guys that have gone away have not come back and started right away because Ralph's been able to work with the other guys and kind of in, kind of instill the uh, the movement and things like that. And I think maybe that's one of the things that got Jan Valerie the the initial mm. kind of, of start, you know, and, and and Ralph also spoke of, you know, you have a guy who is young and can progress versus a guy who's kind of shown you what he can, what he's bringing. And, you know, if, if you can take one and let him get better and the ceiling's a little higher then exactly. you let him, you let him develop. So maybe, I mean, I don't know what he's going to do. This is uh, the, that predicted 11 will be an absolute uh, just disaster. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. Uh, in, and uh, I'll have to, 
I, I wish I would never start of like trying to justify the selection. I should have just put it up there and let people pick it apart. But now that I've started to ju- try to justify it to myself and everybody else through uh, in the newsletter, usually it's uh, I guess I got to keep doing that. But um, yeah. But yeah, let's, uh, let's go with some questions. Uh, we have some questions both from our patrons who have priority for getting their questions answered on the show each week, which is one of the perks of being a patron. Uh, if you're interested in being a patron, uh, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash SFC delivery. Uh, you get access to a private chat. You get priority for having your questions answered. And at the $5 a month level, you get an extra bonus episode per month. Um, but uh, we also have some questions from Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which you can always submit as well. Let's start with Kevin McGee, who is one of the patrons of the show. Uh, He sends this in via Facebook. He says, after our conversation about missing Tadic the other day, who, by the way, played just an amazing game against Real Madrid. That was uh, wonderful to watch. Um, And we mentioned the crying uh, Real Madrid fans, which I I really loved. Um, (laughs) But uh, who are the current under, or who are the underappreciated players currently in our team? So, uh, you know, Tadic split uh, a divided opinion for, for portions of his time there. Um, I was always a fan, but I tend to, I tend to like people from Eastern Europe. I just think they're kind of cool. I think their names are cool. I think yeah. the, the fact that you grew up in that situation makes you a little bit harder than the rest of us. Um, but, uh, you know, for him now, like, I guess if you're looking at the squad, who, who aren't we maybe appreciating enough? That's an interesting one. So I think at the moment of where we are, I mean, we're in a relegation battle. Everyone is showing their best side, I think over the last couple of weeks. So we're really you know, we're really showing the quality we have in the side. I mean, that said, I think one of our, one of the people that goes under the radar, I think that really shows his quality is actually Maya Yoshida. I do think that he does get slated sometimes, but in my opinion, he's one of our best defenders because he's so experienced. I mean, he took Japan to, what, the final of the Asia Cup. Uh, I, I can't remember whether he won it or not. I, I don't think he won it. No, they did. But, um, unfortunately. But yeah, I think he's been absolutely class over the last, um, last season or so because he, when he started here, when we first got promoted, um, he was he wasn't amazing. Um, but I think now he's showing his experience, definitely helping the others to adapt to the to the um, Southampton way or the English game. Uh, yeah, I, I think he's one that kind of goes under the radar a bit. Uh, another one would probably be Romeu. I mean, I think he's he's dropped off a bit now, but after he won Player of the Player of the Year, he's dropped off. But I do think he's slowly recovering. Um, but he does he does a lot of work. Um, he puts in a, a big shift. I mean, he's he's at pinwheel between defense and attack. He's the one who starts most of our attacks without us even realizing it because he has to win the ball back so much. Um, I think Shane Long is a big one as well. I mean, we we are, you know, in terms of attacking options, we aren't, you know, blessed with loads. Right. I mean, being Obafemi injured. But I do think even though he doesn't pick up goals, which is the main job of a striker, he does put a good shift in uh, running around. We saw it against Palace. Uh, I mean, in our first win of the season, he was the main man, even though Ings scored uh, and Hoiberg scored. He was the one winning headers, bodying defenders, being quite a physical player, even though he's quite small. Um, But yeah, I I do think those three are a bit underappreciated, but they're not as talented as Tadic was. I think Tadic was a really underrated player when he was at Southampton. I remember being at games where he'd be brought on in like the 70th minute and fans would boo him. It was ridiculous Mm -hmm. because I always thought that that guy last season single-handedly kept us up with that winner against Bournemouth. Uh That win against Bournemouth kept us up and it was his goals who did it. His his toe poke and his nice little finish off the break. Yeah. yeah, he was a really underappreciated underappreciated player for sure. Yeah, and I think like you know, you try to go through the the thing that that Saints fans like the most. It's it's a homegrown player. It's a youth academy product. Um, yeah, 
And so those guys are kind of, you know, I think everybody's on, on the support of Nathan Redmond now. Um, but I think you look at the, the, the you look at Romeo who does, who's neither one of those. He's not homegrown. He's not, he's not an Academy product. He's, no. um, you know, he's not getting anywhere near the Spanish national team. He's, he's kind of, this is what he does, but he, he's, he does that so well week in, week out. And sometimes yeah. people want him dropped and uh, other times he just doesn't quite get noticed. And he didn't have a great game today, but, uh, he's probably one of those, one of those players that sticks out and, you know, I think Jan Valerie's getting a lot of credit right now. Angus Gunn's getting a lot yeah. of credit. Uh, the defenders, for the most part, I think Benarak is is really everybody. What everybody likes. Um, people are still a little worried about Vestergaard, so I think I think you're good with going with the uh, Yoshida and uh, and Remeu there. Um, yeah. But thank you to to Kevin for sending that in. Uh, we have some other ones here uh, from Twitter. It says uh, the In That Number podcast, who's at Number Podcast, is one of the other Southampton podcasts out there. Uh, it says, does it get any better than this? I mean, do you, I mean, I'm not sure this feeling uh, at full time, I'm not sure there's anything better after kind of coming back and then hanging on right at the end with, uh, some, which is just what's going to happen when you're playing a top four team and they're, they're desperate for points as well. So it's, uh, I mean, I don't, I'm going to say, no, I'm going to say, this is it. This is great. Yeah. Um, maybe it's a this little bit different if you win a, if you win a trophy, then maybe that's a little bit different, but I've never experienced that. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, for sure. I mean, this was such a huge game for us. I mean, we were we were one 0 down, and first time this season we've actually come back and won a game, which is absolutely outstanding. I'm really happy that we did that. The, the best feeling for me, Southampton fan, was when we won at home against Inter Milan. That was insane. Um, but yeah, I think this season, I think the best feeling is going to be the relief when we stay up. Fingers crossed. Like last year when we won against Swansea, but so far this season, this has probably been one of the best games we've seen because it was a game of two halves. We completely turned it around. And, you know, I think we deserve the win. I heard Tomo say it on Sky Sports. I think, I think we did deserve the win today. And it's, it's a great feeling, as you said. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's nice to finally get what we deserve. Um, I think yeah. we've had results when we maybe didn't deserve them, where we didn't play uh, out of our skin. Maybe, you know, you think of the full match, we were okay, but they were just really bad. Yeah. Um, and, and we have to give ourselves some credit too, but, because you only beat what's in front of you, but we didn't we didn't shine that day. Um, you think of United, where we played really well and didn't get anything from it, uh, and then you think about today, where we something something changed, something happened at halftime, and that uh, that will do more than having played really well the whole game and just won, even if we won two nil. You know, um, I think that that halftime change, that belief that when we are down, we can turn it around and we can beat anybody if we play the way we did. Then, then you, you, you take that and you move forward with it. And I wish we were playing next week. You know, I wish we were playing. I, I'd take yeah. three games this week if we, if we can roll on with this. Yeah, I mean, the momentum that we built up over the last couple of games is absolutely fantastic. But when we got back from Tenerife, I was thinking, okay, what's, what's, you know, what's the game plan now? But we've really built up the momentum. Um, it's a shame we've got this three-week break, but hopefully playing in, a, in our international teams, different players, uh, that will give them game time, maybe a bit more experience. Um, also against the championship clubs, which you said, Matt. Uh, I think that'd be good for maybe like the Callum Slatteries to get get a bit more game time. Maybe the, the Sam Gallagher's, because I know um, Long's being called up to the Republic of Ireland squad, uh-huh. which is fantastic. Well, we'll see if he's uh, fit so too. Yeah, like, that'll, yeah, that'll be, oh, yeah, of course, Christ, yeah. yeah. Um, I, obviously, I hope he's fit. I don't want our players to be injured, and I think that I mean, if if he goes there and scores, maybe he comes back and, and is just a little bit more confident because even though he's running and giving all the energy, he doesn't he doesn't necessarily look like he's. He's uh, super confident in his own ability, and I think we've all kind of picked up on that. But um, Christian Candler, who wrote this week's long read in the in the newsletter, 
He says, if you were the manager or the board, uh, what would you do about Elianusi? Oh, that's an interesting one because it's a similar situation to we, what we had with Bufal. Mm-hmm. I think Bufal, record signing, you know, flicks and tricks, got all the skills, but no end product. And for me, Elianusi lost his confidence during the Derby game. Yes, he got an assist, I think it was. Uh, but he, even against a championship club, he did not look comfortable at all on the ball. Um, I don't think he's really bought into the side yet. Um, the games he has played, he hasn't looked amazing. He, uh, I don't think he's ready for the physicality of the English game, which is quite an interesting one, since he played so well against Man City last season for Basel. Because he was their main outlet. He was what kept them through. And I was, I was really excited when we signed him in the summer. I was like, yes, a world beater, someone who's been in the Champions League, someone who's really, really good. Um, for me, today, not seeing Moy in the team and at Fulham and United, not seeing Moy in the team, um, well, starting, for me, shows lack of trust. And especially seeing Sims come in today, taking this position, shows for me a lack of trust. We're going to have to see over the next couple of games whether he plays or not. But in regards to him at the moment, I would say keep him. I would say keep him. See how he is over preseason. Late preseason, if we do feel like he's not working, definitely get a loan deal out. I wouldn't sell him because he is a talent. We just need to get him used to the game. And I, and I think uh, something that's, that's pointed out on Twitter is like if you sell him right now, if you just give up on him and cash in, you're not going to get anywhere near no, what we paid for. No him. Um, and the way that the, the kind, of kind of numbers are set up is you are only, you're only putting out what you get in. And if you take a loss on a player like that, then it means we have less to spend in the future. So I, I definitely think like you're not, his value is not going to go down that much more. If he, if he sticks around for another yeah. year and doesn't do anything, you know, then you, you still sell him off as, as probably around the same price. Um, I mean, I, I, I give our scouting department a lot of credit. I think for the most part, they, they do a pretty good do- job of identifying players. Um, they maybe have fallen off a little bit re- recently. Maybe we gave in to, to maybe a manager or, or or one particular person at the club who wanted a player, um, but I think we've been better recently. And then it kind of rolls into to the next question uh, from Oscar underscore Dean, who says, um, "If we are playing this well now after a summer with Ralph, how well do you think we will do next season?" So um, that comes from Instagram again from Oscar underscore Dean underscore. But what what do you think? What, what do you think if we're looking at if if everything continues to progress? If he can get the players that he wants in the summer. So we're talking quick, pacey strikers, pacey midfielders, pacey everywhere to do the high press and stuff. I mean, he came out and said in a press conference before the game today, um, I think it was a few days ago, he said something along the lines of he wants to get us back into the European scene, which for me sounds ideal because we didn't see that with Mark Hughes and Pellegrino. They weren't saying, okay, I want to get this club back to where it is. Um, And he's had experience in Europe, I think. And he's a fantastic manager. There's no fault in that at all. We just need to be more clinical up front. If we can be more clinical, maybe stop a few more goals leaking in. Because that goal difference for a bottom tier side, it isn't that bad at all. I think we're on minus 16 now. That's not bad. Um, but yeah, if he can get the players he wants and if, over the summer, if, if he can get us get them to jail and definitely work a bit better together, um, I think we're, we're going to be looking at about, for a good season, 12 to 10 next year. And that's, that's really pushing it. I would say there will still be the tinge of relegation up until February time, maybe after the January transfer window, seeing how things are going next season. But yeah, I'd say any, anywhere from about 14th being the worst case to about 10th being the best. I, I don't think we'll get Europe next season. Again, I would be delighted, but I don't think we will. No, but I think it's progression and it's movement mm. and it's it's the right direction, right? It's it's moving away from, from oh, yeah. kind of grasping for, for uh, 
survival. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's pretty good. Um, I'm trying to think here if there's anything else we want to cover. Uh, did you have any questions you wanted to, to answer before we, we let this go? Um, not really. I mean, overall, I was happy with today's second half performance. First half, we were lucky to go into the game 1-0. Um, I, again, as you said earlier, I wish we had more games coming up because we do need them. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. Absolutely. Um, one, one more question here from Kurt Zottel. Uh, this will finish off the show, but uh, he says, is James Ward-Prowse human? No. He's, uh, he's, he's come from the best academy in the world. So we've done something to him, for sure. He yeah. is... We're going to be lucky to keep hold of him because we were going to sell him to Salzburg a couple of seasons ago for like 10 million or something like that. Thank God we kept hold of him. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, yeah, I, I can't uh, I can't imagine what what, we, what we're, where we would be because who who would I mean you think about the players oh, who would be filling no in at that spot and it's nobody's doing that. So no, uh, no one we've, is. We we've done the right thing there, and uh, this is this has been it's been fantastic. And today's match, I mean, I think if we play like this, we'll be totally fine the rest of the season. Um, unfortunate that that Cardiff also won, but. Um, they're chasing us. They have to win. Yeah, we have compared to them. I mean, I'm just looking at the fixes we have left now. We've got, I mean, the, the most difficult team we've probably got coming up is Wolves. I mean, well, we've got Liverpool coming up on Friday the 5th. Then we've got Wolves. Cardiff have got people like City, um, United. They've got Chelsea next and then Man City, then Burnley, which is a huge game. And then Liverpool. And then they got United. So I think in terms of the run-ins, it's going to be between us, Burnley and Cardiff. I think it's going to be between mainly us and Cardiff. Um, but Burnley are going to get sucked into it at one point. I do think we will stay up um, with the run-in we've got. We've got such a better better run-in than them. But again, they're, they're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at all of their matches. But we still need to do the same because this season is far from over. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely important that we remember that there's still a lot of work to be done. Um, Yes. Eight more matches, and and we have to we have to continue to play like this, and we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll see. I think we should only have potentially one more um, midweek match. So uh, whenever we decide to make up that 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 match that we're going to miss next weekend against um, Watford because of the because their involvement in the FA Cup, uh, but that will come sometime later down the line. But um, that 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 is maybe one thing. If I was going to worry about something, it's the idea that's that we might have a game in hand, but we we may be behind it in the, in the relegation zone as a result. And just seeing that week in week out, what it's going to do to, to us as fans and what it's going to do to the players potentially. Uh, I think we'll just have to keep that in mind, keep reminding ourselves that, um, you know, we still have the potential to, to kind of, we can, we control our own destiny at this point, you know? Uh, and I think that's important to, to note. Yeah, precisely. I mean, strap yourself in people. Cause it is, it's not done yet. It's going to be very tight, but um, I think, I think we'll be okay. But it's too, for me, it's way too early to call it. Even with only eight games left. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, and and one more thing. I mean, the Sissoko, the the no red oh, card there on on yeah. Redmond. I mean, that was uh, Redmond definitely say... went back for a little bit. You know, he he had something to say. But, oh yeah, uh, sure. But that uh, I mean, that's a. I mean, we've seen red cards for less than that in terms of the head the head stuff, right? Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. Again, it comes back to the consistency of the referees. Um, uh, any other referee probably. You would be looking at red card, especially if we had, you know, VAR, the talking point of football at the moment. If we had VAR, I think that would have been a red card, a yellow card for Redmond. Because I don't, I don't, I think Redmond was only tapping him on the shoulder, asking him, you know, what the hell was that about? Uh, Soko had no right to retaliate like that. Again, heated game. His side just conceded a goal to the Lord James Walprouse. So that's going to run for a few feathers. But yeah. yeah, he was he was completely bang out of order, probably looking at fine. Yeah, I mean... I mean, I think because he was booked already, they can't go back and give him a retroactive ban. You know, I don't think they can go back yeah. and do that. But 
had he not been booked for it, or maybe maybe the referee says, look, I booked him for the challenge, which I don't think he's going to get a book for that. Uh, no. it, he was just kind of crowded. Everybody crowded Redmond out. And and if you watch the replay, and maybe I'm watching it with a uh, you know, slight bias and saying, yeah, seeing yeah. that there's, there's, there's studs down the back of the leg a little bit, but I don't necessarily think it was intentional. But if I was Redmond, I'd definitely be pissed, you know? Um, oh yeah, sure. Sissoko is definitely taking out some some frustration, and uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought he should have been. I thought, I thought he should have been gone, and I've been yeah. kind of a supporter of his this this season, just enjoying watching him because he's been pretty good for them. But uh, today, he needed to go. Yeah, and, yeah. I suppose I suppose we're lucky with Vitonga not going earlier on with that kick to Sims. I'm still not even. I don't even know how the linesman didn't pick up on that at all. It was a complete red card, but again. It go it goes back to the to the top five bias. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, well, Rob, uh, thank you again for joining us, and, and people can find you on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. And yeah, I mean, thank you so much for doing this. It's been a pleasure, and uh, I've enjoyed your photography, and I've enjoyed talking to you. And, and thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, again, yeah, uh, th- yeah, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. It's been been very interesting. Talk to you next time. Yeah, I'll see you soon. that does it for this episode of the Southampton Delivery Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope that you've enjoyed it. Special thanks this week goes out to my guest, Rob Maddox. You can find him on Instagram at Rob Maddox underscore. He's not on Twitter, but head on over to Instagram. And if you like pictures, if you like photography, if you like people who are passionate about their work and are interested in producing really nice, good work that they are proud of, um, you should check it out. And while you're there, uh, all of those other things apply to uh, this podcast on Instagram as well. Uh, not the photography part, but all the other stuff. So uh, if you if you like that, you can follow us. We're at SFCDELL underscore IVERY. We're also on Twitter at the same address. You can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash SFCDelivery. There is no underscore in the Facebook address. Of course, the show also has a website, SouthamptonDelivery.com. Uh, there are links there to listen to the show directly on the website or subscribe in a number of other apps that you may use. Um, do that. Leave a review, share with a friend. All of those things help spread the show. And um, thank you for that if you are doing that as well. Special shout out to all the patrons who are supporting the show at patreon.com slash SFC delivery. They get bonus podcasts, access to a private chat uh, and priority for having their questions answered each and every week on the show. If that sounds good to you, um, head on over to patreon.com slash SFC delivery and take a look at the tiers and see which one fits for you. And if it doesn't, none of those work. Totally fine. I just appreciate you listening to the show. This show would not be possible without the help of two major accounts and two major friends of mine. Uh, Matt Beeling of the We Are Southampton page on Instagram does the logo for the show. Uh, He has been there since day one. Go follow him at We Are Southampton uh, on Instagram. Check out the images. Check out the match day edits. Uh, He does a fantastic job. In addition to that, everybody over at the Southampton page on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook uh, have been a huge supporter of the show. They help spread the show. They uh, often supply the guests for the show. Uh, Jamie has been a huge help to me from day one. So thank you to everybody over there. So if you're not following the Southampton page, make sure you do so for all your Southampton FC news and needs. All music for the show comes courtesy of the Free Music Archive at freemusicarchive.org. The intro song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And the end of show credits that you're listening to right now is Aim is True by Pottington Bear. Links to those are in the show notes if you are interested. And despite the three-week layoff, we will be back next week with another episode. Hopefully, I'll be catching up with one of the patrons as we are going to a conference for work that we just happen to be at together. So thanks for listening. And until next time, remember that together, we march on.